Hello and welcome to this pre-recorded episode from April 2019. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're going to be talking about the Tricky Troublesome Trill, which um, is obviously a name that uh, Simon came up with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about the trill today. Um, and we're kind the of... convoluted life they've had. Uh, yeah, as a kind of... And quite contrary. He had another one that was contrary as well recently didn't we or mm. that didn't make much sense and this is another one <laughs> yeah I mean as a kind of proviso the true I said it's a well it, as it says in the title kind of they're they're a hard species to kind of in terms of concept concept wise they're very conceptualised con- yeah con- conceptual conceptualised yeah they're, they're <laughs> difficult to nail down thank you Simon see I'm, I'm terrible with my words um, they're kind of difficult to pin down, I think, which is kind of reflected kind of throughout the notes. You can kind of it's kind of contradictions here and there, which I thought was yeah. And I do want to point out these are actually quite nice notes. It's not yeah. rare when we actually sit there and go, we like these notes, but these are nice notes. Yeah, some yeah. of the species ones not nice notes well, that go on forever. These ones are concise and get to the point really quickly and don't last forever. And the other thing as well is I think we've kind of figured out is like he's like half the half the half the it's like half the size of the Kardashian notes. So which is very, very nice as Simon just said. Um yeah, so should we start off with obviously did you wanna do you wanna, did you wanna read out the definition of the trill? I can do. Yeah. The trill or trills were a humanoid species native to the planet trill. A small percentage of the trill population coexists with a sentient symbiotic organism known as a symbiont inside their bodies. Resulting joined trills have personalities were synthesis of the two beings, including the memories of, and to some extent the personalities of the previous hosts of the symbiont. This way the joined join being gained all the skills and the occupation of the previous hosts. Um, as late as 2367 the fact that some trills exists as a joined symbiotic species was widely unknown even to federation scientists um so yeah and that comes from the host because i'm sure jamie will make a thing that i didn't say it so no no fine no no um (laughs) one thing i well first of all i think it's a really good definition i think that's very succinct to the point um, and I think it lost its way a little bit so I kind of got a bit flustered in a bit but yeah it's, um, it's good for the most part yeah um, I, I lo- this was again that didn't occur to me it's, it is unclear if the true homeworld um, was a... it, um, I wouldn't say that because it does get is it, mentioned does it get a mentioned? few times yeah I was, it gets mentioned you know, about th- two or three times I was certain that it was but I wasn't quite yeah, sure I, I looked at my notes and went 2285 Jamie it became a member of the Federation. It comes up numerous times in these nights where you go, okay, right. Yeah. But I, it doesn't say it there, and you go, oh, come on, people. I just thought. It's, again, it's notes where you sit there and go, look elsewhere and work backwards, people. Yeah. I'll just thought myself, surely. Complaints. Because the thing is, the thing that the thing that struck me with it is, because it, they also say it in the planet notes as well, but it's somewhere yeah. in here where it does say for sure. I was going to say it was, and I'll just look at thinking, well, that doesn't work. No, just went sod this. It says it's there. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Oh, there you are. Was admitted into Federation twenty two eighty five. So you sit there going, um, yeah. um. So well, I didn't think I was nuts, but yeah, is I wanted to make a point of. That well, because it's very <clears throat> misleading. Going, it's not. It's a run clear, and it's not. It's is it the. Well, one thing that I find I, I, I found um, from this was 
Um, the we one... both found interesting the origins of why they were two species yeah. together because that's never really gone into actually in the show. No. All it says in the notes is there was an environmental disaster and it caused the, it caused the um, the trill and the symbiont to merge together. So it it comes to it comes to my mind was what it what actually happened because I think uh, I'm I'm think in the series Bible of Slash at Deep Space Nine, terrestrial symbionts and humanoids were said to have lived underground and on the surface of Trill respectively many centuries ago. Description concluded. Uh, description concludes due to an environmental disaster that they were forced to join to survive. As time went on, this mutual support evolved into biological interdependency and thus two individuals became one they speak with one voice you can't ask to speak with the symbiont or the host only the combined form I think that's what you're getting at yeah so it's a case of well obviously whatever happened with this environmental disaster it 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 it, they had to integrate I have my own theory that this won't be surprised you you finish Shaman I'll go on to what I was yeah so my thought is whatever whatever happened it obviously it it threatened. I think it threatens it threatened the very the very survival of chill society. So they had to merge in order to survive. Now this is where I'm going to go left field. Gone as I usually do. And I think this may be a selective memory. And let's change history so that it doesn't sound half as awful as it sh- should do and would have done. Because I think this has got origins, unfortunately, where humans and Vulcans have ended up previously. I reckon it wasn't an environmental problem thingamajig. Nah, I don't think so. Okay. I think that was a cover. We'll, we'll call it environmental thing. Because what you're saying is, why would you cause a population on the surface to go underground? Hmm. Why Why would that happen? Because the surface environments, um, you can't live there anymore. Because hmm. it'd be uninhabitable. Right. And you'd sit there environmental reasons. That is very nondescript. If you if you know what that is, you just go, Yeah, that was an asteroid, that was this thing, that was global warming, that was this thing. But they don't they say environmental reasons, which to me gives me warning signs of kind of hmm That's this n- smells a bit fishy. So if it's it's humanoid species, what usually happens? War. So I reckon it might be nuclear winter. Maybe. And the, and actually that's, that's what I reckon happened. And the other interesting thing is we know the trill have and the thing is there there is something else in there that actually that, that kind kind of it makes sense because the trill have done this before where they've they've said something and it's not actually true. They've been evasive about what, it. The joining process. Yeah, where they say only a small percentage are eligible and actually it's like half the population. Um it's somewhere in my myriad of notes. Common belief in trill society holds that only only one in a thousand trills makes acceptable hosts. Yeah, Jamie, it's that paragraph I yeah. I said the last one um, which way did you read up to first sentence okay so in fact this figure is vastly understated and nearly half the chill population is capable of being joined perpetuated very carefully though in order to avoid widespread chaos which would probably arise if the information were made public since the symbionts would become essentially objects to be fought over as people fought to gain the few prior symbionts so yeah kind of it's mirroring Kind of the similar in be evasive, but it's actually something is actually something else. In the 24th century, about 500 symbionts became available for joining each year, compared to approximately 5,000 trill becoming initiates per annum. 
the relatively low sim uh, quality, quantity of symbionts resulted in troll society hiding from their general populace. The fact that virtually 50% of the population was suitable for joining the general belief in the 24th century was sub uh, consequently that only one in every 1,000 trolls was suitable for joining. So, you know, from you know from the chill point of view, I can understand they've kind of encouraged that myth. Um, I, you know, I can under, kind of understand where they're coming from with that. The other thing as well is why say environmental? I mean, if it was some big war, were they ashamed? Maybe that moment's a part of their history mm. they're ashamed of, maybe? That's what, you, that's what you do. Yeah. You kind of have... have hide up when you're embarrassed by certain events and you just like that didn't happen no mm. we'll just call it an environmental issue yeah and the right. thing is you okay. know and the thing is all <laughs> it's a bit like um devil's due ardra where it's like our planet's screwed up oh we'll come up with the the a legend of the devil oh we won't we won't put much detail in this thing we'll be as vague as we can do but be close it, enough that it explains that it that whole thing yeah, it's that yeah. whole kind of and Picard going we're not quite sure what happened there might have been there might not be who knows but it is what it is and we're, well, the they other, are what they are and it's the same with the thrills well the thing is though you know any kind of war or whatever the, the victors can make up any any truth that exactly that's what I'm getting at yeah and you're not going to sit there and go oh yeah we had a war yeah. everyone hid on the ground we're not going to yeah so yeah, they, they 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 make the truth of whatever they want, and people will believe it. So yeah, that was kind of the other thing that occurred to me from from this is the trill that go unjoined because I think I think in here the ones that are joined their lifespan could be up to at least what five hundred and fifty years. It said in the notes. Uh, is it? I never saw that. Uh, let me have a look through. Um, I, I might have seen it and I've completely forgotten between the time of me talking out my notes and it says up to I mean I, I don't think I don't think there's been any specific tool that has but I think again if I am wrong well, Bert enough, from down the road he's done it yeah <laughs> Bert from down the road he's done it yeah uh, where was it I don't know again it's one of those things of that random bit of information just oh yeah, here we go here we go it's all symbiote notes so um, I can read out the. this is a short few sentences do you want me to read it out yeah go for it Jerry a Trill symbiont was a sentient uh, vermiform life form from the planet Trill they primarily symbiotically inside hosts of the humanoid oh yeah it does yeah, yeah. yeah. I see it now yeah. carry on Jeremy uh, species Trill also native to the planet through the experience gained from multiple hosts many symbionts gained distinguished reputations from other species as Trill also as a result they were long lived compared to most humanoid species and could easily live but beyond 550 years so that's like I think I think in the 24th is it the 24th century the average human could live to what 100 like 100 150 or 160 that's so like yeah. so the, the Trills can live like a, a over an average human lifespan, up three times the. Well, the, the symbionts can. Yeah, not, not symbionts. The, the symbionts. So I think that's can, what I was getting mixed up with. Like. Yeah, so the symbionts can live over. I said like three times more than three times over a human lifespan. But the thing that occurred to me was unjoined trill. How long do they live? Because it's never actually specifically, even hinted at or stated. I think normal lifespans, well, relative twenty-fourth century lifespans. I'm talking like. 150 yeah maybe a tad higher but I'm not 
thinking much more 170 mm. not I, that's what I would say I'm not yeah. I don't think it kind of makes you immortal or anything no stupid. no it's, it's just something that occurred to me so well how long do they actually live there because the thing is well, they're just another humanoid species yeah. so I can't really imagine they're going to have the same Probably. health services as the federation aren't they hmm. although the interesting thing about the symbionts is surely they're the ones that survived after the environmental thingy thing well nuclear war whatever the hell you want to call it so they're the surviving ones and we know there's not that many of them can they breed? Is that it? Is that all, is that all that's left, or can they breed or not breed? Because I I never never got any ideas of that in in that in when we saw them. Because either they looked after by weird guardians, people. aren't yeah. they? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, symbionts communicated with each other via electrical impulses transmitted through the milky water they inhabited. They also had a limited form of communication with certain trolls, which. Well, not joined. Uh, where's the thing? Where are they called? Those people? Oh, there they are. Um, Symbios Commission oversaw the joining of the vermiform symbionts and human trolls. Through the commission, symbionts were cared for by troll guardians implanted only into troll that had undergone a very rig- vigorous training process, um, ensuring their new host had high intelligence, balanced personality, and would not reject the symbiont. Hmm. But is, is that it? Is it you, we've got these many? And that's that. Or do they actually breed or? Because I never got that. Yeah, that's a good question. It's like, well, how how do they? Which is just a bit of a weird concept because it doesn't mean. And how do they live? Hmm. Like how, how do they? Because the thing... they eat? Did they not eat or what? Because the other thing as well that occurs to me is they used to be separate before this environmental disaster. How did they? Survive by yeah, themselves. There's, there's an awful lot of things that are going. What? You know, and how? And how many? How do they actually say? How do they breed? I mean, do they mate with each other or something? Well, or surely you'd get the numbers would go up. But they don't. Yeah. They stay stable the whole time that we're aware. Why they're all this? Not again. This is what they, what Jane was saying. Is they're not a commodity, but they're kind of so prized and kind of honoured. Hmm. But. Oh, to say sort of things drives me mad because you never quite know what to think of any of it. Because it, it's really interesting questions and I couldn't quite work out. I'm really want to ask you, hmm. but I can see that you're a bit ah! frustrating. Because <laughs> and I think the same for me. I think you, yeah. you were hoping that I had a few ideas and I, I don't because, as I said, the true as a species, they 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 are, they are a massive. I think they are a massive contradiction, um, but and in a, in I a good think, way. And I think what we well, this would be a good time to mention about the the book. I think that would be a good time to bring that up because I think that's a really good thing to. Uh, I want to ask the same thing. Uh, more rustling. Completely oh, wrong notes. Uh, go to these ones. Um. <laughs> Oh, um, is it about the, the alien parasites from conspiracy one? The uh, fact they hadn't hadn't had a guide that one. Oh, um, class, where is it? This is even with me helping myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Rustling of notes. Okay, well maybe maybe it is in the other notes then, because I was looking through the other ones. 
Not that people will know what I'm even talking about, but hey. Uh, oh. Ah, where is it? I thought I'd highlighted it. Um, you probably have some. Highlighted it and started it. And we also need to talk about the north and south. Oh yeah, at some point, cause yeah. That's an interesting. Yeah, there's a lot in here. Right. That, that's interesting. Well, as we've mentioned, book anywhere, I might as well talk about what I originally said mentioned. So, <laughs> I might as well go on to that anyway. Because, okay, so um, I'll keep looking. I'll right. find it eventually. Um, so something that comes up in um the pocket DS9 books was really, really quite cool, which I have mentioned, which I did mention to some well yonks ago. Um, a link between the Trill symbionts and the alien parasite seen in TNG Conspiracy is suggested in the Pocket DS9 short story Sins of the Mother and the novel Unity. Um, the neural parasite was first seen as it travelled in a comet passing close to the Trill homeworld. Audrey Dax and her husband uh, Javin Vod went to the comet with a Federation team to examine it when Trill scanners showed a being similar to a symbiont in a comet. However, as the Federation was not yet aware of the true symbiotic relationships, it was kept in secrecy. Upon coming into contact with the Chamber of the Parasite, it bonded with Javin as well as the Vod symbiont, ultimately causing both of their deaths. Now, this is where it comes to this specific bit about them both dying. is is something that Simon noted down really, really, I say, really well caught was why were there no autopsies? Someone dies, surely you perform an autopsy. And I think I brought up the point where was they wanted to. I think it was they wanted to keep um, it secret. I think it was because I think remember from sorry from reading the books that they wanted to keep the relationship between the true symbionts and the alien parasites a secret. But you counted you counted with a really good a point. I think I brought up that point and you said, well, actually, it still doesn't quite make sense. I've kind of oh, half listened, but so, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I've come in just at the wrong point. That's all right. <laughs> uh, you could, I take it you couldn't find it. I have. I have found it. It's... Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, um yeah. I'm sorry. I'm coming to this blind a bit. I know what you're on about. Um, what what did I say? Uh, you said I. I know you... about autopsies. Yeah, and I said it's a bit of a odd oddity, but I said, oh well, they would keep it a secret because no one knew about the relationship between the alien parasites and the true symbionts. But then you said, but well, in the way that they died, surely we better look into this thing. Well, the thing is, couldn't Surely. they just... Yeah, and the thing is, well, couldn't they just keep it in internal matter anyway? It's not as though you get a load of, load of visitors to the true home world, is it? It's not as though it's like a top popular tourist destination or something, I just it? found it a bit of an oddity, but yeah. yes, it's, it could have worked into the secrecy thing, or mm. you just... Yeah. I just... If you're if they're just the two true people there, and you've got no other trills about, what stops Federation having a poke around and going, oh, what are yeah. these things? <laughs> That's what I don't quite get. Because yeah. if there's only two trolls there, hmm. you sit there and go, "How on earth could they stop the secrecy not getting out if they're dead?" Ah, yeah. Well, that yeah. whole thing. Mm. I finally found the damn thing. Through the Star Trek Deep Space Nine companion, um, pretends the DS9 occasionally uses a handbook called "Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Trolls." These about the species were actually established as and when acquired. Um. The ad hoc uh, min, uh, method of inventing as additional aspects of the species also resulted in the writers later revealing this nine outing equilibrium that it wasn't as hard to qualify for a symbiont as a true popular populace had been led to believe regarding it 
improvisational system the rest is used to find the species. R.S. Evenberg commented, it's dangerous but fun. Tunnel control concept is very difficult but invasive procedures dealt very successfully with it. And I thought that was quite a very interesting thing that they didn't have a clue what the hell they were doing. I was making up as they were going along. Which I kind of love actually because it's kind of it's like you're telling a story and it's unravelling and, it, and, and then the audience is kind of going along with the ride instead of the writers knowing everything in advance. So... Um, going back to um, what you were saying actually a nice link what you were just saying earlier about the whole um, north and south thing because obviously if you remember back to obviously the host O'Dan was looked true O'Dan looked very different to the DS9 counterparts but the thing was in the show it was never it was never the, the, the difference was never explained it's only when you get to some of the books and I think Terry some of the books and Terry Farrell had her own thoughts on it theory. theories on it um did you want to mention did you want to talk about what no you're on a throw you can um, go for it Jamie the, so it. But from from a novel perspective they go um uh, oh yeah yeah same pretty much notes yeah. you've got the, the inconsistencies between TNG and DS9 Trill were dealt with in the novels by suggesting that Ridge trills and trills who could not be transported were subgroups of trill society. Because obviously, if you remember, in the host, Odan couldn't be transported, but in DS9, the trills could be. Um, both were mentioned or shown during the scenes on trill, and the inability of some trill to be transported was a plot point. The comics took a far different course, such as the Star Trek Divided We Four miniseries, where both. Yeah, I didn't mention that one because it, oh, no. it gives no reasoning at all. So oh, you no, can, it you doesn't. can say it, it's not much help. The next one's one. a bit more interesting than the last one, but you, you might as well carry on saying that one because okay. half read it. Uh, we're both a darn host are shown without facial ridges but with spots. All truths in this series are shown with the spots instead, but there's no reasoning given. Um, in another novel, Forged in Fire, the rich trills are said to result from a strain of the augment virus that managed to infect a trill colony through visiting Klingon traders, which I thought was really quite cool, actually. Um, however, these trills did not seem to be interested in working on methods of restoring the original trill look with this subgroup have been recently, at the time the, no the novel was set, being reaccepted into trill society. This division among the groups possibly explains why Adal was so different from other trills encountered in the series. The novel also notes that the true avoidance of transporters was actually a means of avoiding the nature of the symbiote, symbiote being disclosed rather than the process being dangerous to the symbiote. So, yeah, the, I said the novels, and if you want to say the comics, kind of try and explain the discrepancies, which I think is quite, I think it, 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 it works. Um, and uh, do you think it kind of makes sense? Yeah, did we go into Terry Farrell? No, you could, I was going to say, if you want to... Um, Terry Farrell obviously had her own own theories. It was more of a fun one than a oh, serious yeah. one. She said an awful lot, so it's very difficult to point where yeah. she says it. Uh... Oh, that's about the episode we joined. Which again, I know this thing we'll definitely want to go into in a bit as well. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you said we've organised our notes, but we seem to be struggling to find certain bits. Um. Have you found it? No, he's still looking. 
Oh. I can remember the gist of it. If we come yeah, across it, we can yeah, just... Yeah. Her theory was that one was from the north of the Troll, um, troll planet and the other one from the south of mm. the Troll planet. So, it, again, it kind of works into the novels ah. in a way. Yeah. You read it, Joan. Although well, the writers of DS9 were obviously aware of the physical differences between Odan, the True, and DS9, no canon explanation has ever been offered. In an attempt to explain the variations, Terry Farrell once suggested that the spotless members of the species were from the north of Trill, whereas Odan was from the palace south. So, in a way, kind of geographical distance can kind of explain the differences. Now, Jamie, did you see the. on one of the last few pages where it's even after both. TNG and DS9 and did Michael Westmore did you see that one yeah Have, are you familiar with something in that or do you want me to don't enlighten you a bit go for it yeah go for it even after both TNG and DS9 ended Michael Westmore applied the Trill makeup one last time in 2014 applying the Trill spots Terry Farrell's face once again for um, Star Trek Las Vegas event called DS9 539 do you know why it's 539 mm, not off the top of my head now, a bit of trivia that wasn't in here, I was very surprised what didn't make an appearance. 539 is the number of times he applied it to 538 times to Terry Farrell. So 139 is when he'd done it on that day. Hmm. And in each of the makeups he did, he put the numbers in. Oh, wow. Hidden away, hidden away in, the num- in the spots. He put in the numbers, just kind of this number is. Four eleven or because the other thing as well is the the trill spots are actually an inspiration from the episode the, before per, it. I think it said uh, the TNG episode, the perfect mate. The episode before it, the yeah. episode that preceded it, rather yeah. than the host itself. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's always been a thing, isn't it? And then there's a oh, there's tons about the makeup choices. There's tons. Of oh it. yeah. Um, Westmore used brown makeup for the chill spots and subsequently accented them with burnt orange coloration. He applied the spots by hand, employing a technique where he, I thought this was really cool, whereby he deliberately made his hands quiver while painting the markings on. Um, he used two different waters, colours of watercolour. The first season we experimented with art pens, but they would take me two or three days to get off my skin. Not pleasant, this is uh, Pharrell stating it. Um, applying the spots generally took slightly longer than an hour each day although I love this though Pharrell thought the process would likely have taken less time if she and Westmore hadn't enjoyed conversing with each other quite so much as they did um, in hot shooting conditions the sweat of the chill playing actors might cause the watercolour to run down the side of his or her face so the actor had to be kept cool and what I like was it's kind of a bit of a lovely irony because I think in a man alone I think Jadzia stated that the chill have cold hands it's a part of part of who they are, which I just thought was a wonderful bit of irony. But that's not even going into how they actually got to that makeup. There's an awful lot to it. There's a bit of yeah. Go for it, stuff. Um, carry on. It's that bit. Do you remember? It's all of mm. all of that. <laughs> Did you want to read a couple of bits out? <laughs> we, you can't read bits out. You have to no. read most of it. That's the problem with it. Um. um it was initially planned for the trills of DS9 to look basically identical to Dan, who had established appearance in the house, obviously. Um, 
would the makeup was consequently to still consist of several distinguishing marks on her forehead. Um, but I, f I found it hilarious. Um, so Terry Farrell said, um, my chorus was about to put this whole thing on me. I don't know that the makeup testing would take months to figure out that I didn't need a forehead. Need a new forehead, forehead a prosthetic forehead, much like the original, was designed by Westmore. Plants was filmed in test footage. At first, the forehead matching Rodan's was used for only two days. Then they kept reducing it with each test related for until it really looked like someone had just hit me in the forehead. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things as well is that um, Paramount executives actually stepped in. They watched the uh, dailies of Terry Farrell in, in Emissary, um, and but they insisted that the makeup be changed via removal of the forehead markings. Having spent a long time seeking a beautiful actress for the role of Dax, that Paramount wanted to avoid Farrell being defaced by prosthetics. Um, yeah, so I mean that was that was quite interesting because I imagine by the kind of way it's worded it's like it was an unusual occurrence the fact that they stepped in when I don't think they normally would have done but it actually um, yeah so it's just interesting little tidbit um, the other thing as well I found quite cool was um, there was issues in terms of like the, the casting process they had difficulty because it says here once the trill species was selected explaining the concept of a trill to those who auditioned for the role proved difficult and it's just kind of that is very telling in terms of the show itself in terms of trying to define a trill because it said it's very it is confu I think was the way you described it at the start I said it is confusing it is kind of contradictory um and like I mean you know going into detail I said because it's a it's a good kind of seg point if you look at the episode Dax in season one it's like they are you know they are two separate entities because they have like two brainwave patterns but they do rely on each other as well so are they separate or are they not it's <laughs> the show doesn't really answer the question it's kind of I think it's kind of down to interpretation although it was a bit weird because um they also go on to say that there was also um, depictions. The host seemed to make it clear that the symbiont was dominant, but by the time we got to, um, to uh, DS9, it was the complete opposite. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, but maybe that was based on location. Maybe they had to be more based on the predators on the planet, maybe. Could be. Could just be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as you say, it's they're a complicated species, but I think as I said to kind of differentiate from other species, you just said I think it, I think it was needed. Well, the other thing I just want to ask: why would they want to keep a secret in civilization? You're gonna go, well, that's the thing. Yeah, because it, no worries. Because okay, well, right. that's a good point you bring up. Because the notes actually said they never tried to keep it. They never actually kept it a secret, but no one ever actually asked. So they just never said anything, which I just found was kind of odd. It's just like, and the thing is, a trill. I mean, they were never a massively private society. They're not. It's not, it's not as though they're like xenophobic or something like that. So it's like it's not as though they kept themselves to themselves. I mean, the amount of first contacts they did. I mean, oops, sorry, not the mic. Um, there was they did first. So like, 
you know, this is like two centuries before kind of DS9. It's like, well, yeah, it's just, and there's nothing to kind of indicate that they were fearful of other other species' reactions to, if they found out about it. So it's like, well, yeah, it's <laughs> again another another big question mark to put to the to the mystery of the trill. So I think that's a good point that you bring up, Sai. And can I muddy the water slightly? Go for it. It kind of gets answered in the episode, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Would the symbiont remember if it's being transported... Um, Planted you know, to another host? To a human. Would it remember? Mm. It's that memory, because in the host, Odin does. Mm. Well, the thing is... Um, because if it's transported from a true host to another one, they do remember, don't they? Yeah, that do, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, mm. like, true to human. Well, if it... That's the thing. They change a lot of things after the host. So it's like, is it or isn't it? Because it, in the host... Because they never did it, but yeah. what, what's your innate thoughts? Nay? Mm. I would probably say... Well, probably not. Me personally, because the other but thing they're I... both humanoid species. Surely you can say the true uh, yeah. humanoid species as well. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if you think of it in that way. I mean, the thing as well is true, true symbionts. They they weren't suited. To... Didn't you say that they couldn't um, be joined with Kardashians? Didn't that come up somewhere? Oh no, I was talking about the um, the parasites, the new oh, parasites okay, in. Yeah. No, but actually, as you've said that, I was actually going to uh, bring up the point of. But they're mentioned in these notes. The Kardashians. The parasites, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So doesn't that put it in the realm of possibility? They came with Kardashians. Like cause you're in that same net, and the parasites can pretty much join with whoever, and so why can't they? So why can't the trill? So haven't they? Sure. So am I in the roundabout way getting to have they got ambience and the parasitey things? Quite possibly. Something like that, and, and the grand scheme things like the preservers with the main main species or what? Because in the notes it says apart from humans, trills can't join. But again, it indicates they can't join with any other species, unless unless they're half trill apparently. So I don't know. It sounds like it's a bit of a. So that sounds like a no then. Maybe, but then again, as you say, if they're related to the if they're related to the the, the parasites from conspiracy, and they can, then why can't the true? Maybe it's sunk in the physiology that doesn't quite match. They're similar, but they're not. I suppose they've been there for centuries. So yeah. It's... Okay, so it's, that's a no then. Probably, okay. but this is interesting. Oh yeah, it is. It said it, it is. It really is. And you know, you're, it said your line your line of thinking size completely is completely plausible and valid. So if it, I think it's it's good that you brought that up. It's a question that I think needs to be kind of explored. So yeah. So you think if it had happened, if something, had, well, that's the thing. Even with um, the Dax Symbiont at the end of six, they had to find a true, didn't they? Hmm. Full of humans, but they only threw on board with Israel. Yeah. So it does kind of stand set up to what was established in the host way mm. back when. Yeah. Because I think I said I think with a human they can only do it temporarily. So yeah, I mean. I think it was on life support. I think it was yeah. shoved in a jar like, <laughs> like they always are. <laughs> but there's an interesting thing about the symbiote, isn't it? The, the design changes that were made to it. Oh, what through the uh, through the makeup that they did. Um, yeah, that. I said there's so many interesting things to do and talk about in here. Uh, 
For the host, Michael Westmore based the design of the symbiote on a Casabilis body, body attached to a head of an octopus. octopus. Yeah, that was just like, what? <laughs> I just love the juxtaposition of that. A few conv convolutions were added to make the plants look as if the symbiote had lots of brain matter. Uh, then you get into a bit of production. Their bladder was inserted into the symbiote's head and pulsated to give the impression that the symbiote was live. Oh, I love this. I thought this was really well done. The head was also colourised with a fluorescent paint, making it glow when exposed to black light during the surgery scene. Mm. I thought that was really well done. Do you want to say second appearance, Jamie? Uh, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I can't find it in my notes. Uh, for the second appearance of a symbiont in the pilot episode Emissary, Michael Westmore changed the design significantly. The symbiont was still in a similar vein shape wise, though the revised version was smaller than its predecessor. Um, one reason for changing this symbiont was to give it a more of a streamlined look. The way this altered version was designed, it was almost like a roundish type of a triangle with these little feelers that were bent back. And by putting a lot of KY jelly on it, whenever we would do the effects, it would slide a lot easier. So, kind of, it, it's for convenience, just made things easier as well. So I think that's, again, it's just, just so fascinating. Um, the other thing I just randomly stumbled, stumbled onto was... Um, was a there was a um, in the this is um, in the first draft script of Trials and Tribulations, a hypothetical evolutionary link was made between true symbionts and tribbles. Yeah, that was a bit of an oddity, and I kind of dismissed it. Yeah, it's like, a curiosity, but I, don't I just thought that's just interesting, but it's like a bit like, of a stretch. Yeah, parasites jump with you, but yeah. tribbles like <laughs> does that even what? work? Yeah, like, I just thought okay, right. Um, One other thing I found interesting about the trill was that it didn't. I get. I, I get. Oh, I found the damn thing about Terry Farrell. Sorry, oh. Jamie, you finish and I'll um, mention One thing bits. I found interesting was you don't actually find out much about their ships or anything, but I'm thinking it might be down due to budgetary constraints. Partly, and they remember the Federation, so as such, they don't have their own fleet. Hmm. The only time we ever see a true ship is actually in uh, the house. And with that, we're going to go down my usual trope of season reviews of that because guess what they use for that one? Go Any on. ideas, Jamie? Not off the top of my head. The Pat Cloud Fraser. Oh, yeah. The yeah. most blandest ship you could possibly <laughs> find out of everything. So which tells you diddly squat. Yeah. So, yeah, but so I, it became part of a member of the Federation, so at which point that fleet becomes non-existent and you come folded in mm. in the Federation. Mm. Um, yes, so going back to what we were saying about Terry Farrell, um, as there were two makeup configurations designed for the Trill, Jazzy Dax actress Terry Farrell once suggested that the north of Trill was the birthplace of the simpler looking Trills, whereas the planet south was where the more elaborate physical design involving spots originated. Um, while filming DS9 was in the hands of profits, Farrell also expressed hopes of seeing Trill in the second season of DS9 saying, I'd love to go to the planet where I'm from. And there's a couple of oddities about the actual planet, which I'm not sure you know. You probably do know. Star Trek Star Charts and the Encyclopedia 4th Edition, Volume 2, Designate the true homeworld as yep. a class M planet. According to Star Charts, 
True Trillus Prime was governed by the True Symbiosis. I think it might be True Symbiosis Commission. Yeah. It was admitted to refer into the fascist in 2285. Although you look elsewhere and it says, we don't know. The planet's capital is Makla. Yeah, Makla. Other points of interest include the Hubrishian Bars, the Tenural. Tenurial. Ice cliffs and the caves of Makala, which I think we actually do see. Mm. As of 2370, the planet was populated by three, uh, 650 million trill and 11 million symbionts. Through the existence of uh, symbionts was not wide, uh, widely known prior to 2367. Um, located in the Earth Quadrant. Uh, and interestingly, this was a binary star, uh, star system with a G-class star and a K-class star, mm. which I thought was interesting. Uh, the system was a destination on an Earth trade route in the 22nd century, and on a major space lane in the late 22nd century. Because, yeah, that bit about the trade route, that's actually quite cool, because... I in, think that goes back to Horizon. Yeah. Because, um, I think in the pilot, it's... It, Travis mentioned about visiting Tr- Trillius Prime, but it's not known if it's if he's talking about Trill or something else. But it kind of does fit; it, it does make sense. Um, one of the things I again, I, I I dare say you probably did as well was um, when the way that Trills look at romance and how that kind of links into the episode of reassociation, um, which again, this is just really quite fascinating. Uh, Jazzy Dax jokes that Trills don't look for romance the way humans do. Join Trills consider it quite a nuisance and view it as a weakness of the young. While hosts may have romantic feelings as often as any other sentient species, symbionts try to live on a higher, more spiritual plane and try to rise above these sorts of temptations. So what that's obviously suggesting is, is in a way, it's kind of almost an internal conflict between the host and the symbiont. So the host can, in a way, can look at romance one way but for the symbiote it's purely just for procreational purposes so yeah and it's like it kind of works into that thing of how kind of in, how how they might be integrated but they kind of they think again it's they they're they're integrated uh but they can cut, think independently which i thought was just you know just kind of it just plays into that whole kind of contradiction um have you found the page or yeah one thing I also like was the fact that um was that not that bit Michael Pillow actually come up with the idea about um reassociation which I thought was I don't think it's on that page why is that not on that page that surely should be with the same big notes Because I want to read, because it, it talks about reassociation here, and then it says Michael Pillar come up with the idea, yet it's not in this part of the notes, which is just really odd. Surely you would put that there. It sounds logical to me, but <laughs> um, I'll have a, I'll read this bit out anyway. Um, so um, regarding how true society viewed romance and sexuality, Jadzia Dax. Uh, sorry, Terry Farrell commented, the chill tries to rise above such things. Sex is meant for procreation, not for enjoyment. True law forbids reassociation between subsequent hosts of joined persons whose symbionts, where sim- whose symbionts were romantically involved in their previous hosts, and people who the previous hosts were romantically involved with. This is because the main purpose of the transfer of symbionts is to experience new things in life. 
Chills who are found guilty are expelled from Trill, meaning that they're symbionts die of their current host. Um, they universally view reassociation as a cultural taboo, but the degree in which they follow up is up to the individual. Some Trills take it so far as not to associate with any of their previous host family, friends and colleagues beyond the rare chance encounter. Because obviously you think of um, you think of Jadzia, she um, helps uh, her Klingon friends in... Oh, blood oath, Jeremy. Blood oath, blood oath, thank you. <laughs> and also, there's the whole thing with the Dax episode in season one, which was through Curzon. Uh, again, I said I was going to lead on to the whole thing with Michael Pillar coming up with, because he, it talks about he came up with the idea and also why he did, but I can't find the flipping page. Yeah, it's an odd thing we've got less notes, but we can't find anything. Well, this is what gets me with these notes. They're great, but surely what I've read out, surely you would include that bit with that. Why Don't keep saying Joe? That'd be too simple. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it makes logical sense to me. You were capable with that, but hey, the, the <laughs> life's difficult. You found it. Fantastic. Thank you, Sai. Trill society was foremost in Michael Pillar's mind when he devised the ban on reassociation. He felt they'd have to have to have a strict taboo in order to avoid an aristocracy of the joined. Reflected Reni Echevaria. Otherwise, they don't want to hang out with each other. They're dear old friends from 500 years ago and they've become a really screwed up. Yeah, thank you for, for finding that. I really do appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, the whole kind of reassociation thing is, is, is intriguing because obviously there's different degrees to how involved you get. So obviously, loved ones, someone you're romantically involved with is a big no-no, but associations with, if it's a parent or from a past life, Dax and Cisco, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, Sid. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, Sid, it's just interesting, just kind of how they kind of view things, and, it's, yeah, I, I, there's just so much to unpick. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about with relation to this? Not really. Well, I think a big, I think one thing we, we need to talk about, which we've, We've mentioned by name, but we haven't touched at all. Is the Symbiosis Commission? I think. Uh... Okay, yeah, here we go. Um, the Symbiosis Commission or Symbiosis Institute was a true organisation responsible for nearly all aspects of the joining of a true host and symbiont. The Guardians were part of the commission, which cared for the symbionts just after the after birth and before they were joined in the case of Makla. The Commission ran the Trill Initiate Program, which enrolled Trills in, into a selection process for potential hosts. Host initiates must have their application approved by the Commission in order to become joined. Initiates are then re-evaluated by the Symbiosis Evaluation Board during the Commission remained in authority in the joined Trill's life. They continued to care for the symbionts and gave counselling for hosts. This included requiring that joined Trill perform the Zintara as a means of dealing with the memories of previous hosts. Joined trills may serve the commission by acting as field docents to prospective hosts. One thing that occurred to me was, obviously, I think, obviously, I think the symbi it's safe to say the symbiosis commission were effectively the trill government, weren't they? Yes, or a part of it. Yeah, a department within that government. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, did they also reinforce the law and taboo of reassociation? That's that would. Add up. Yeah, I was thinking. I put it in. Actually, did they also kind of was that where it? Well, in the in the in the world of Star Trek, would, 
in the true society was that where it would come from they seem to have a um a, oh, I don't know what I'm saying but they seem to have one government thank mm. god <laughs> So it's nice and easy, and then they have a few departments off it. That yeah. Symbiosis Commission, and then that's just part of the whatever it was called before. Yeah, I think it's sad to say they had overall authority, but there were mm. departments within that. And you know, I think it's sad to say we believe true society. I think it's it what, worked pretty well. Actually, yeah, but I think it was on a, a planet <laughs> off in the middle of nowhere, and they could do what the hell they wanted. And mm. Yeah. Although what you were saying did actually. Help what I was talking about earlier. Part of the, of the commission which cared for the symbiotes just after birth and before they were joined in the caves of Macrocra. Mm. So they do give birth to other ones somehow. So it does. It does. It does because work. Because it's in equilibrium. So that does make sense. It so, does. So they do kind of explain it then. Then. So, so you... I wonder because what you're saying now, I wonder if the symbionts, unlike. Giant pandas. Hmm. Kind of... I reckon that it makes them very difficult to try and breed, which is why it takes why you don't end up with a billion of them. So that so the numbers probably do have probably have risen, but it's just very. It's just not much. You probably yeah. lose a few, but you gain a few with yeah the baby ones. Maybe. Maybe, and the thing is, and you know, and to us, kind of from that side of perspective, you wouldn't see a difference, even though it is, it is there. It's like. Yeah. Well, it would be smaller though, but you think you'd have to wait for it to grow. Hmm. I think, but, but it did birth, so it means means <laughs> that they do. Hmm. But I don't quite know how. And how long it actually takes. So does that mean there's a symbiont nursery? Maybe. Certainly possible. It's just an interesting thing, but yeah, it does kind of answer that you do get more, but we don't see it. No, maybe, maybe it's somewhere. Because you'd have to keep it up continuously but is that the same group or do they change do you well, the thing, the is thing, it just generational was it, they, would they have to still remain down underground as well though yeah I think so I think I don't think they like light so it probably would be another part of the cave somewhere that we just didn't see I reckon it would be deeper quite possibly because then their skin that's, wouldn't be yeah that's a good point particularly if they're starting off very young then they're not going to be fully developed yet so they, the conditions again it would have to be even more um Safe or whatever, mm. so yeah, yeah, certainly plausible. This is we didn't see it because it wasn't any help to the plot. Yes, yeah. that always works. Yeah. Last week, if there's nothing <laughs> in the plot, we're not going to go into it. It happened, but it happened off screen. Yeah. Um, but does that mean they're generational? So you get this one for that period of time, or do they not? Are they there from that ancient centuries ago? So like generational symbols. Because you did mention about five hundred and fifty years. They can live, yeah. Um, possibly. So does that mean that the Dax symbiont isn't from centuries ago? And is kind of a middle-aged symbiont? Could be. I mean, that the Dax symbiont at that point, up to well, Jadzio Ezra had lived for, what, I think it's a few hundred years, at least? I got the gist it was about two or three hundred. Yeah. But somewhere, someone's obviously got the 550 figure from somewhere yeah I wonder if that was um, that smart guardian bloke probably said it I think quite possibly because again the guardians they, they know literally everything about the symbiotes because they look after them so it stands to reason that yeah that's probably where the info would have come from 
So, does the age of the Zimbian have no bearing on the host? Uh, because I'm thinking that if you've got an ancient one at 550 years old and it's a bit unknown, and you shove it into a new host, does that old, does that new host have old age tendencies, or or what, or does that have more influence over the symbion than? Well, the, well, the thing is, the symbionts they gain through they, 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 through the symbion gains experiences and knowledge for all their different lifetimes, all yeah, those lifetimes. Yeah, but it's going to be weaker though, isn't it? Because it gets older. And then if it dies, does that mean that the new host is screwed? Well, if the if the symb well, if the symbion dies or the host dies, if the symbion dies. Well, if the symbion dies, then then what do you do? What do you, do you what do you just shove it? Because either way, the do you see what I'm trying to get at? I think so. Yeah. If that one's gonna die, if it's at five, you know, five hundred fifty, uh, fifth, uh, like five hundred forty nine, and it's still in the host, do you just kind of go bye? that host or do you um well generally well th overall the trill the trill uh, value the symbiont's life more than the hosts generally overall in a situation where both are dying they would save the symbiont but as you say if the symbiont's dying anyway and it, it can't be saved then yeah it's like well what what, what's that? what if the symbiont's gonna die and you can't save it then surely what do you what happens with the host then what do you do do you give them another Symbian. You can't, can you? But yeah, that's what I mean. So, what the host would die as well, then, wouldn't they? <laughs> Bloody trill concept! Ah, yeah. Well, then they would both die, then, wouldn't they? If a chill's if a chill's at the end of its life and the host is still healthy, and then yeah. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of Farscape. <laughs> Because you've got Moya and you've got Pilot, and that's the same uh, sort of thing. And it's kind of yeah, God. if Moya's going to die, the Pilot's going to die. It's yeah. the same sort of. So surely the host would die uh, as well then. That's a bit crap then, isn't it? You've got to go. God, I hope I get a middle-aged one or a youngster, isn't it? Like, yeah. Otherwise, you're kind of screwed. Otherwise, like I'm four hundred and fifty years old. Oh crap! I'm, well, oh, I'm <laughs> well. If it helps, if you really want to be nitpickety with the wording, let's say beyond five hundred and fifty years, so it doesn't give an actual I, definitive I know, number. That's what... <laughs> so, well, no, it could be a thousand years, but if it is a if it is a rounded number, then surely it can't be too far off from that, can it? But they're going to get old. Yeah. Hmm. Well, surely the thing's got to die at some point. So, if a simian if a simian gets to old age, then the host will probably die as well. Then. It's just... <laughs> crappy way it's a crappy dark way of looking at it but it makes again this is not saying we're saying we're right what we're saying is just theorising but it does make sense well on that on that lovely note <laughs> yeah um, but yeah <laughs> but I just thought the symbiosis commission that's, it's an important part of Chill's society I just thought we need to kind of even if it's just brief we need to kind of delve in it's, it's, it's what, half a page but or a page at least but yeah Anything else you want to say about the shrill side? I don't want one. <laughs> well, one of the things I also really loved that, that um, they included in, I think it was Ira Stephen Burr was saying in the last season, was about the whole um, thing with Esri. So the fact that she had difficulty... Cut... The, the, 
they yeah. do actually have a role. Yeah. But to be fair, she didn't have to prep for it, so I think you've got to give her a bit of a leeway. Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing as well, I think he, the way it's, uh, Ira, it's, Ira Stephen Burke explained it was it's kind of like schizophrenia, isn't it? So, kind of like, as you say, your personality is all over the place and you can't you can't clearly define yourself. So, you know, I just, yeah. And I think, I think it was really... Right. And, and, and in, in a way it kind of works really nicely it's a great way to kind of distinguish between Ezri's character and Jadzia's I think it was kind of, that kind of thing was kind of needed to kind of distinguish between the two which one you flip the coin to um, Jadzia, Jadzia. Which, which is what you needed because if she's just going to be the same it's like, well, well, not that we're biased or anything not that we like Ezri <laughs> kind of really more than we like Jadzia but you know not that we've said that ever before or anything yeah. but you know yeah. um, I still want my Jack uh, Dax sandwich. I want to um, autograph them both. Oh yeah, I yeah. think that'd be great one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I say I did quite like um, Nicole Dubois' um, performance. Yeah, mm. and I think the and they said we said this before, but the writers did a a bloody great job. Considering only one season, they did a really good job in writing her in. Good good character development. But then, but the other thing as well is they never let it overshadow the who had, you know, because I know obviously I think we kind of both feel like with with Voyager it's kind of oh with Doctor in Seven of Nine show it's like, you know, um, anyway, um, yeah. So is there anything else we want to say about the two? I think we've I think we've covered pretty much. Yeah, we've picked holes in this species as well. Yeah, at it. just kind of. Oh, yeah, I think we look at them in terms of in terms of how they run things. I think we look at them a lot more favourably than the Cardassians. Although, they, as I said, both species are equally as fascinating in their own ways. But, yeah, the true... So, they're, they're quite deceptive in their own way. Mm. And it's quite interesting to kind of... Well, yeah, it's the whole thing of... They weren't hiding about the simians, but they never they never got brought up, so they never mentioned it. It's like a very slow way. It's like, oh, OK. Mm. But, yeah. So, in conclusion, what were what we saying then about the true... And the, what were we saying about the host and the simian? Are they separate or are they not? Are they different entity, two different entities, or are they not? Some of its parts, I know. You've got to kind of go. It's one thing. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking myself. It's like, well, yes, you can see them as separate entities, but at the same time, they do integrate experiences. And because, as, as you as as said, the host does remember through the simium the previous lifetimes of the other host. So yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in conclusion, the Trill Society is fascinating. They run their gov. They run their government well, but they they are very. It's a very as a concept. It's very confusing and contradictory. But I think that just kind of makes them more interesting to kind of unpick, as we have done in this episode. And you've got to feel sorry for those people getting old symbionts. Oh yeah, yeah. You've got to feel sorry for them as well. Yeah. So good news. You won the jackpot. Apart from it's an ancient one. Good luck. <laughs> Hope he doesn't die on you. Uh, we might be a case of you might be sorry old. you've got Bert oh great <laughs> well, it's like oh, this is excellent I've got 549 years of experience with this host I've got 549 experience with this symbiont but the, the symbiont's gonna die soon <laughs> yeah but surely I'd just leave them in the caves though what the symbiont if it's ill or ancient surely I'd just shove it in the cave and go yeah I, I, possibly but a symbiont retirement so wouldn't the host still die then 
if they're not well, on well surely it's better to have that than joining it with someone and true true yeah leaving them both to die. unless of course unless of course the host is actually on Trill no but that's what I'm getting at oh yeah why yeah. would you yeah true yeah. join them with someone what, 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 younger temporarily yeah. just to have that mm. that um, host <sighs> die oh, well, here's a quick question it said if the symbiote said do age then say you've you've got an older symbiote that's taken out could you put a younger symbiote in with that host would that work well isn't there that thing that they can um this thing the physical process of being joined is irreversible once joined the host and symbiote are dependent on each other are uh, uh, each other after 93 hours since symbiote is removed after the host symbiote yeah, well, removed from the host, symbiont and host will die within oh. hours, even if they are otherwise healthy, unless they are reimplanted with another host or symbiont. There, yeah. so so the age, so the age wouldn't be a factor then. Oh, fair enough. Okay, that's fair so, enough. So they die anyhow. Okay, right. Fair enough. So that then. wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I had him. I thought, <laughs> yeah, no. Bit, ending on a bit of a morbid. Nice thought, but no. yeah. We're still, we're still gonna, we're still gonna. So we've worked out they've got nursery and they've also got retirement. <laughs> it's pretty much a symbiont town down there, isn't it? Where yeah. You've got like the middle-aged ones, and yeah. then you've got like the RAPs, and then you've got. The, like, you would, the... you would think though that the the the, symbi- the older symbionts would maybe look after the younger ones, look after the young ones, maybe I don't know. I know you've got the guardians, obviously, but maybe the older symbionts could look after the younger ones as well. I, you know, garden. The young ones like goldfish. Yeah, maybe. I just sit there and just kind of rock. <laughs> oh, rock. Oh, rock. Well, because they're not like, going to get any memories down there, are they? No. Oh, well, it's nice down here in this cave. Ooh, well, yeah. the guardians, the guardians can't always be around. Surely they have to leave at some point. You know. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a silly idea. Gone, gone. Do the guardians walk them? <laughs> no idea. Maybe. Uh. I don't know, we'll just get into it. Because otherwise they're going to sit in pools all day doing nothing. Yeah. We're getting do into they just, just walk around? Do they have like an exercise thing where it's like put a lead on them and kind of wander uh, around or something? It's getting into random random territory now. But I love it. Damien, Simon, Logic. We'll say Logic, but just... just we'll put them in a fish tank and go, look, look, this is... The... <laughs> go, just our silly, silly fun ideas. Yeah. Well, this is more of a joking note than the morbid note of, oh, yeah, they'll die. <laughs> so that's something. Um, yeah, so, yeah. We, uh, Just end it now, Jamie. I don't know. I hope you enjoyed listening, yeah. guys. Uh, that's that's our, that's our take on Trill Society. We don't know. If you're, if you're just as confused as, as we are... I think, they will be. Yeah, I think it kind of makes sense because I think the Trill sort of as a species just trying to define them is confusing and contradictory. Uh, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed listening for all that confusing, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be and we'll be back soon with another episode. Bye. Bye.